going to move on to, it's probably my equivalent of a blog, it's actually an opinion piece. Um, and this is this is probably me just being a little bit self-indulgent and uh, letting out a few of my uh, my pet hates because I know you're going to be coming up with something nice after this. So I'm going to yeah. try and uh, clear the palate with a bit of mean. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So um, you will probably remember. I mean, by the time this comes out, this this will feel a little bit of a longer time ago. But you remember there was a there was a multi-hour period when Facebook and all of its bits went down and mm. stopped working. Nobody could get on WhatsApp, nobody could get yeah. on Instagram and all sorts of things. So there's been a been a bit of a slew of articles about Facebook lately. There was also that whistleblower, wasn't there, that testified in front of um, Congress the other day and really went to town on her former employers. Mm. Um, and so I've been sort of uh, poking about, I mean, I've been thinking about doing this for a little while because, um, you know, spoiler alert, I do tend to think that Facebook is pretty much the most evil thing going. I absolutely detest it and all that it stands for yeah <laughs> you're not going to find me on there folks um i i can i can cope with most most social networks but facebook just just gets away from me in terms of its its pure banality and evil so i've been i've been <laughs> reading quite a lot of quite good articles about you know there's there's some fab stuff in the atlantic you know facebook is an authoritarian state was a highlight and facebook is the doomsday <laughs> machine was another good one um, but they were a bit long <laughs> and you know me i like to come a little bit left field so i'm going to I'm going to let out my anti-Facebook thing now um, with an opinion piece that comes from um, a, a publication about IT called The Register, which is a, a pretty irreverent um, publication about IT, but it is actually genuinely a proper specialist publication, but they tend to be quite um, quite spiky and irreverent in the way that they put things. And they published an opinion piece the other day, uh, which goes as follows. At the time of writing, it's been exactly 100 hours since Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp crept back out of the void onto the internet. They'd been gone for six hours or $7 billion if you measure out your life by Mark Zuckerberg's net worth, which we don't recommend. The time for hot takes has passed. We're now in the brief window for sober analysis before everyone forgets it ever happened. Next Thursday, by current standards. There are three angles that matter. One is the pure technical side, how a giant corporation built out of the most resilient networking technologies ever created just vanished. One is what it teaches us about Facebook's importance to our daily lives. The last is what it tells us about Facebook itself, where it goes next, and whether its strip mining of societal values for profit will continue. The technical side is simply put, someone, most likely a hapless system administrator, tried to check backbone availability but shut down access to the company's DNS servers instead. Hilarity ensued. Did it matter? Yes and no. There are lots and lots of small businesses that reply on face, uh, rely on Facebook pages to talk to their customers. They had six hours of uncertainty. WhatsApp has been widely adopted as a team channel by all sorts of people who had to wait to plot, plan or parcel out work. Families dealing with sickness or crises remotely suffered. You don't turn a multi-billion user service off without pain and most of that was felt by people with the least heard of voices. But think what would happen if Google, Microsoft or Amazon had a total service outage like that. Even the partial ones we've seen have created universal concern that was absent here. Instead of concern... There was a sigh of relief all round and a surge of schadenfreude amongst that hapless system administrator's peers. That's unusual and noteworthy. Most administrators and other ops types have huge sympathy when an internal fumble by one of the clan causes public conniptions. There but for the grace of God is the rule. This time not so much. Normally everyone in the business recognises that work is work. But the social network seems like social death for network admins. 
Whistleblowers are the enemy. The media is to, ignore, to be ignored, rebuffed or treated like idiots. And what the hell do regulators or governments know anyway? Best practice is what Facebook says it is, not what anyone else decides. This is hubris. Characteristic of a company that's too powerful to care. State telephone companies had it. IBM in the 1960s had it. And Microsoft in the 1990s. Neither are by any means cured. And Apple, Google, Amazon all have it too. But where Facebook is uniquely vulnerable is that if it goes away, it doesn't much matter, even in the medium term. It's a social network and nothing but, and users can rebuild that social interaction on a different platform in weeks. Others stand ready to take the advertising and analytics spend. Facebook embodies the single point of failure. It has no friends it cannot buy, just enemies it cannot pay off. Six hours on a Facebook-free planet felt like 6,000 hours too few, and now we know it. Does Facebook? Oh, <laughs> I love the fact that even the other system administrators didn't feel any sympathy for the poor guy or, or lady that took the whole thing down for six hours. That was quite telling, I thought. Yeah, very. <laughs> social network is social death. Oh, I hate Facebook. I hate it. Oh, well, according <laughs> to that author, it doesn't much matter. No, no, absolutely not. Well, I, I was briefly on it many, many years ago and then I, I bailed out of it because I just hated it. One of the things I found really interesting about Facebook, just as a, as a side issue here, is that sometimes I would look at the profiles of people I was friends with in real life and I would read the profiles and I think, if I didn't know you in real life, I think you were a really awful person. <laughs> and yet I know you were really good. So it, it made even people I like come across really badly. Yeah, I I have a kind of love-hate relationship with Facebook. I don't go on it very often. I do occasionally. Um and I it's it's like it's like something you're in a relationship someone you're in a relationship with and it and it's particularly toxic and you're kind of thinking, "Oh gosh, it's going to take so much for me to extricate myself from this thing um because actually all they get you all my photos are on there and it's gonna oh gosh trying to figure out how to save it all and like get away from it so i, I really want to break up with facebook but i uh i i need someone to help me oh i'll help you em yeah i have i've da- i've dabbled i've dabbled with the thought I've, I've allowed myself to indulge the idea of just getting rid of it altogether but then there is this kind of fear of missing out like what will i not know about my family who live on the other side of the atlantic and <laughs> but then i always come back to well i probably not know what they had for lunch and you know i think i can live without that factoid yeah, the thing that really, really swung it for me, apart from the fact that I was seeing people that I knew and liked and, and finding that they appeared to be pretty unlikable on Facebook. The other one was that I, I started getting very intolerant of people's banal, stupid status updates. And every time I, I you know, got one or two off somebody, I would I would bin them off, off my Facebook. And I suddenly realised the only people I had left were the people I was seeing all the time anyway. And all the people I'd got rid of were, you know, those people that you end up connected with because you knew them 10 years ago or something Mm. like that. And I remember thinking, this is a hint to me that Mm. when you, you know, people disappear out of your life and you don't see them for 10 years, that's probably because you've you're doing different things and you've grown apart and all the rest of it it's run its course well you know it's just it just wasn't meant to be they went off to do one thing you went off to do another and and you know you you then can still sort of see into their life a little bit as it as it moves further and further away from yours and that was when I realized that the whole thing was artificial and pointless and yeah I did cause some quite 
quite great concern amongst friends of mine or, or actually jealousy I think there quite a lot of them were like oh I really wish I could have done that that's what I mean <laughs> that's what I mean this, this idea like, of like being it, brave to like break yeah, ties like with a, Facebook like yeah. I've done this really brave thing I don't know I think I am probably just a deeply antisocial misanthropic uh, <laughs> intolerant <laughs> person and therefore maybe I'm more immune to Facebook's charms than most people because I'm basically not a very nice person but <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> and on to the nice stuff from Emma now while I seethe gently in a corner having having let all that out. <laughs> 